Uh, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to episode 48 of the x Gaming Podcast. Uh, this is an episode that I've been looking forward to for a while. I have a guest that join, has joined me all the way from Texas via video conference. He's the host of the Bird Dog Gaming uh, channel on YouTube, the uh, Unlockable Podcast. They do, he does the Collective Perspective on his Bird Dog Gaming channel, and that would be the man himself, Mr. Bird Dog Gaming, Christian. How you doing, man? I have never been introduced like that before. I haven't featured on a lot of podcasts or anything, but that was pretty incredible. No, oh, well, you're you have an incredible roster of like <laughs> of things you've done there. So, no, man, I'm happy to have you here. Thanks for uh, agreeing to to join my paltry little podcast. <laughs> I feel the same way about my podcast. I mean. We we put it out on several platforms, and you know I put it up on YouTube, and it's like fifty views, and it's like I don't know, man. I feel like how many of those views actually watch the whole podcast, and I don't know. It's it's not easy out here. It's a very busy um, lot of lot of video game podcasts out there that people could be listening to, but I listen to X Button Gaming, and I'm a fan, and. Um, it's great to be here. I'm excited for our topic today. Yeah, thanks. I, I'm excited you're here. I mean, thanks for listening, too. I'm definitely excited for this topic. Um, but just to go back to the Unlockable podcast, too, like I, I think you guys are great. You guys do a good job covering your topics. Very informative. And honestly, most of the time, I find myself laughing a lot, which is one of my uh, favorite things in any podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, <clears throat> yeah, That's so awesome. as as far as, like, Personally, we've obviously talked a bit through Discord, through uh, Instagram, but um, we don't know each other super well outside of that. So this is a great opportunity to get to know each other, too, which I'm looking forward to. Um, but it's also a good opportunity for uh, the listeners of the podcast to get to know you better, get to know more about your channel and everything. So I figured the best way to do that would be to do a little bit of an interview. Uh, I tend to do this with any guest on their first time nowadays. I have it a little bit more... Um, pinpointed towards you um but yeah let's take a couple minutes and get to know you ask you a few questions about about christian and and bird dog gaming so let's go ahead and start off what what was uh your earliest gaming memory this is always a fun one um i think when you talk about video game collecting a lot of people really resonate with their earliest gaming memories um for me I had a Super Nintendo at a very young age. Um, it wasn't necessarily mine. It was my dad and his brothers would come over and they'd play Street Fighter 2 all the time. Um, probably mashing buttons. They were by no means hardcore gamers, you know, just <laughs> mashing <laughs> mashing their way through to see who could win. But uh, between that, which I got to play a lot of at way too young, and some Super <laughs> Mario World, those are definitely my two earliest gaming memories. I... I was a big Super Nintendo kid for a couple years there. Dude, the Super Nintendo. I mean, that's that's really the console I grew up on. I I have I think we had an NES before I had a Super Nintendo, but I don't remember that. So yeah, I love love me some Super Nintendo. Um, do you have a favorite Super Nintendo game? I'm not gonna front. Super Mario World is hard to beat. Um, I've to tell you the truth, I had like five or six games as a kid, and so Super Mario World, Street Fighter 2, and some other trash. Um, <laughs> but going back to 16-bit games, Genesis and Super Nintendo, like I, I have a true 
love for them. And, um, you know, I didn't get to experience Super Metroid back then or Super Castlevania 4, but I have since, as an adult, gone back and just fallen in love with these games. And um, still got to say Super Mario World, though. Oh, yeah. Super Mario World is a freaking <laughs> classic. It, but I, I agree. I think out of all the... Well, I mean, once you get... Uh, it's kind of... Maybe this is a hot topic, I guess. But I think out of a lot of the older-gen consoles, Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis tend to be the easiest for just about anybody to go back to and find something mm -hmm. to enjoy. Like, I feel like it's aged the best, I guess is what I'm getting at. Because um, a 64, no matter how much nostalgic love I have for it, hasn't aged as well as as the Super Nintendo did by any means. And I personally don't feel like the NES has aged as well either. Um, I guess I, I guess NES is like this system that where they were still figuring everything out and there's so much unfair platformers on that console <laughs> and you get to Super Nintendo and it's like there's you can save the game all of a sudden and it's just like it's a lot of it is way more accessible and uh, that's probably a big factor there. Yeah, no, it definitely makes a difference. Even the addition of things like the shoulder buttons make a huge addition just to how much you can do in each game. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's a good answer. I like that's a good earliest gaming memory answer. We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so outside of the gaming realm, I guess it could be gaming related still, but what are some of your other favorite hobbies? I do have a lot of, like, a lot of my life revolves around gaming because the YouTube channel, the collecting, the playing the games, and, you know, you can break that down into a few different little sub-hobbies, I suppose. But aside from that, um, I actually am starting to get into golf, of all things. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to... Uh, I'm starting to really enjoy golf. I'm going on Sunday, full 18 holes. That'll be fun. Nice. Um, I I used to collect comic books, and I kind of gave that up so that I could focus on video games, which is like a tip that I've given people over the years. It's like you really can't focus on one hobby. I mean, you can't really focus on multiple hobbies. And um, I think selling a good portion of my comic books and um, just kind of focusing the mo the majority of my spare funds on the video games was a good decision. But um, so I haven't, I haven't stopped reading comics. I took a little break there, but I just recently got back on Marvel unlimited, which is this app where you can read comics digitally and it's, it's incredible. Um, so I've been back in on that. And um, other than that, I watch a ton of movies, TV, anime, Lots of nerdy stuff. Yeah. Sounds a lot like me. I definitely. Have you watched Attack on Titan? Yeah. I love me some Attack on Titan. Love that's it. Just, before you got on, that's... <laughs> have you Are you caught up? Not fully. Okay. I won't... It was a season three, but but my hype thing that I do before like anything that, makes, that I'm a little anxious about is I watch Ervin's speech from the end of uh, season three where he's prepping <laughs> his troops for a... Quite the the big battle against the beast titan i yeah. literally put that on like just like pump myself up like if <laughs> they can do this i can do this <laughs> i love that no but i i resonate a lot with a, with what you said there too because before so i've been married now for almost 10 years but before i got married i had tons of hobbies there was no structure gaming was always my favorite thing but i collected comics i bought action figures and statues whatever i mean i just spent my money on whatever I uh, went to a ton of concerts, which I still like to do. But I once we got married, I was like, okay, I don't have the the disposable income I used to, so I have to pinpoint what my favorite hobby is 
and focus there. And it, for me, it was easily gaming. So, but unless you just have a ton of disposable income, it's just kind of how it's hard to to have multiple collecting hobbies at once. Yeah. <laughs> And multiple things that you're wasting your money on <laughs> yeah. it's yeah for sure i mean comics though like it's madness you i, I know they're up to what four or five dollars an issue now but yeah back even when they were only two and three dollars it was like before you know it you're picking up 10 a week <laughs> and like yeah it, yeah it it's a beast <laughs> for sure yeah, I had a little subscription there for a little while at my local comic shop, and that was cool. But I mean, four dollars a pop is a lot, and then you don't go for like a month or something, and you go pick them all up. It's like, all right, that's a hundred bucks. It's like, whoa, I didn't sign up for all that. <laughs> oh yeah, and and no matter how much I love comics too, generally speaking, you sit down to read it, and you're done in fifteen minutes, <laughs> and yeah, and you probably never pick it up again. So. Right. I mean, I don't know most people, I guess, but for the most part, you put it back in the bag in the board, and then maybe you you get one of the the graphic novels or something later on, and that's how you read it more easily. But yeah, it's a pricey hobby, but no hate. Like I definitely respect comic book collectors and love love comics. You mentioned concerts. I actually do go to a ton of concerts as well. I forgot about that one. That's right. I, I've seen you post on your Discord. Um, did you see Iron Maiden recently? I saw Guns N' Roses recently. Guns N' Roses. How was that? It was awesome. I have never been to a concert where they played for over three hours. That was pretty insane. Dang. <laughs> and Dude, they're, you know, they're up there in age and they can still go. Yeah. It's crazy. Dude, that's awesome. The only concert I went to that went that long was Foo Fighters. And that was... Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm I'm in the Seattle area, so I think he felt I think it was kind of like he's I don't I know he's not from here originally, but it's where he got his start. So I think it was kind of like a, I'm back back in Seattle. Like I don't know, it was an awesome concert. I mean, he just they came out and did a 20 song encore, like 20 song <laughs> encore. <laughs> it was nuts. It was one of the best concerts I've ever been to. They've got the discography for it. Yeah, I just they just kept going. Uh, okay, so obviously, like we've talked about, you have the uh, the Bird Dog Gaming YouTube channel and the Unlockable podcast. Uh, what encouraged you to uh, to start those up? I guess it's more of a who than a what. Um, but I was I was getting pretty into video game collecting, and the one podcast that I've always listened to since I started getting into podcasts was the Collector's Quest, and those guys are incredibly knowledgeable i i constantly like shout them out on my channel just because they they literally taught me so much and transformed me from like this guy who wakes up on saturday to go garage sailing at 8 a.m to get whatever scraps i can find into this guy that just buys games that he wants and um but aside from that they got me into variant collecting and and all kinds of stuff that we'll talk about today and um I, I pretty much was like, you know, if they can do it, maybe I want to create content. You know, maybe this is something that I want to do. I have things that I can teach people. Um, and talking about the Unlockable podcast, my my co-host Hannah and I, we um, we had talked about, we had been friends for a few years, and we had talked about making a podcast together. And so it was just like, 
I guess it was just a culmination of me finding out that I would kind of like to be in front of a camera making content and and realizing that I have things that I want to teach people about variants and video game collecting. And one day my cousin got me my first freaking blue snowball microphone and he was like, you're going to do this because he had heard me talk about it and talk about it. And he's like, <laughs> he's totally the type of guy to just be like to remove the barrier to give you no more excuses. And so it was like Christmas or my birthday. He's like, here's a microphone. Now you have to do it. And I was like, great. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that um, first video came out, I think in like March of 2019. And he and I recorded it. It's really awful to go back to. I think that's common for YouTubers, but it's really awful to go back to it's poor quality and everything but it was mine and it was uh it was rare versus expensive and i just i was like this is something that's um i think a lot of people mess up you know you scroll down reddit i was big on um reddit for like a year there and i was noticing a common thing where people were just like constantly calling expensive games rare and that's not always the case and vice versa and i was like let me just make a little video maybe educate a few people um luckily i had been on instagram for like five years at that point ever since i started video game collecting going to goodwills buying things on ebay i had been on instagram in this gaming community and i had made a ton of friends i had a bunch of followers and i was just having a blast with it and uh, I was able to kind of get a decent start right off the bat with my YouTube channel. Um, and it was, it was, it was really, it was a confidence booster, I guess, to get more than like three views on my first video and uh, to have people saying that they support me and that they appreciated the content I had made. And um, I guess that's a long winded answer to your question. I, I just kind of, uh, I was, yeah that's that's that and then the unlockable podcast came a few months later several months later in november of 2019 and hannah hannah got herself a microphone and said that she was committing to this and we have made an episode a month for like 40 plus years now barely missing any months it's it's been freaking awesome yeah no i mean first off i love your answer it's a lot I, i'm glad it's nice to hear like when your experience there, like somebody helped you get going. Cause sometimes that's what it takes is somebody to push you over, over that uh, proverbial cliff <laughs> to, to get started. And then just the fact that it, it is a confidence boost when you see that people actually are enjoying what you're doing, you know, and like to keep going. And, and I can say like, I consider myself, I know humble brag much, but I consider myself extremely knowledgeable about video games. It's just, um, but like variants aren't something I ever paid much attention to at all so that's one of the first videos i saw of yours was the dexter's laboratory the disaster disaster mm. strikes and <laughs> i was like what is this madness like i had no idea this existed so like on your first video i learned something and i, I learned stuff all the time <laughs> from multiple people's videos but your videos are super informative and like i'm shoot, like the whole variant collecting aspect of things is like super cool to me it's not something i've ever been into until recently but now i'm more interested in it because of your YouTube channel. That's so, awesome. Even an old fogey like me, I act like I'm old. I'm only, th I'm 36, <laughs> but. <laughs> 36? Can, 36, yeah. Oh, wow. 
I feel like I'm 28 until I wake up in the morning. Then I feel 30. <laughs> yeah, I thought I had heard in a podcast or something that you said you were like 30. That's why I said, wow. Oh, yeah. It's weird that I'm pushing 40 now because I definitely don't feel like it. Probably helps <laughs> that we don't like pushing 40. <laughs> I know. I feel like I'm knocking on the door. But no, I, I for one, I know a lot of the listeners too love the YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, I look forward to the podcast every every new episode so um okay one day so, one day we'll get the uh the three hour mark down to two hours i don't know when <laughs> that's gonna happen but <laughs> dude it's it's hard when you're talking to somebody that you like talking to about stuff you like talking about it before you know it you're over two hours and i'm just noticing on this uh google the where we're recording i don't see a timer so i have no idea where we're gonna end at. <laughs> normally i use that to try to help wrap things up at some point <laughs> um but we'll figure it out yeah it's but it is hard it's hard to stay under two hours um okay so one last question what are your top three or you can do five if it's, e if it's easier favorite video games I'm not going to try to be fake and, and like say like some rare obscure game is one of my favorites. I'm going with two Mario games here. Um, Super Mario World for sure. And uh, that's partially nostalgia. That's and also a fantastic game. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Nobody's going to argue with that. Um, but in more recent years, I've been having a toss up with like what is my number one favorite game? Because I've always told people Super Mario World but honestly, I adore Super Mario 3D World, and I, I still haven't played the Bowser's Fury Switch version or anything, but I'm a massive fan of the Wii U original game. I've played it two or three times. Um, I think it might actually be better than Super Mario World, but luckily, you didn't ask me what my favorite game of all time was, so I don't have to make that decision right now. <laughs> but I'm going to hold you to that. That's your favorite game of all time, though. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think for today, could be different tomorrow. I think for today, my third one will be Guitar Hero 3. <laughs> Dude, Guitar Hero 3, man, that game is fantastic. There are a few video games in the world that I have put more hours into than Guitar Hero 3. I would come home from middle school and just freaking turn that game on every single day. I had beaten it. Plenty, you know, I had already finished the campaign, but every single day I was out there trying to beat my high scores, trying to five star every song. I I was a I was incredible, Chris. You have no idea. <laughs> I was a phenom. No, I dude, I was never that good, but I can imagine like I watched some people, and when you're good at that game, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'd love to see is there any footage out there of me. Yeah, if you're playing. <laughs> There's no footage. But the crazy thing is, I never learned how to use my pinky on the game. And I would play through through the Fire and the Flames with three fingers. And I managed <laughs> to get four stars on that song in my Without prime, right? So Without anybody my pinky. listening, if you've played Guitar Hero, it's almost impossible to, <laughs> to, to play on hard or expert without using your pinky. And you, man, you would move your hand that fast. <laughs> that is nuts <laughs> when you're in middle school you just have all this free time and uh i mean it's not like i didn't do anything else right like i had football practice to go to and i i had homework and crap and somehow i still made all this time for 
for video games, I guess. I don't know. I was a, I was incredible at that game. Dude, that's awesome. That's a good story right there. So to <laughs> age myself a little bit, I, I worked at GameStop basically right out of high school for 10 years. And that was one of the first big releases after I started there. I, I think, well, maybe not. It was probably like six months after I started at GameStop was Guitar Hero 3 came out. I remember the huge midnight launch, and one of my coworkers dressed up as a uh, what's his name, the dude with the long hair and the jean jacket, Axel. Um, Axel, yeah, because he looked he actually looked a lot like him. So hmm. he dressed up, and it was a pretty big midnight launch. Um, yeah, fun game though. Through the fire and flames, never beat it. <laughs> I could never finish that <laughs> stupid song. Um, that's the one that had Knights of Sidonia on it, right? Yeah, yeah, you're a Muse guy, right? Yeah, I love Muse. Just saw them this year. Um, but yeah, no, Guitar Hero Three is probably still my favorite Guitar Hero. I Rock Band, like because it was the first game to bring in all the instruments, is probably what I've played the most. Because me and my friends would get together for probably years <laughs> playing Rock Band. <laughs> but man, and just to go back to Super Mario Three D World, I adore that game. So yeah. every every time you talk about it. I'm always like right there with you. That that game got probably the most play time on my Wii U out of just about anything. I played that game over and over again. It's but very I, good. The secrets are incredible. The uh, I don't know everything the, about it. The Fantastic. Mario Kart level is like it's just such a cool like com- culmination of both games. Oh where yeah, moving fast with the the Mario Kart song going. And they're this, I don't know what you they called it in that. The Star Road levels, basically, mm. are, like, extremely hard, <laughs> but very rewarding. Yeah. Oh, no, that's a good... So your top three were Super Mario World, Super Mario 3D World. No. Super yeah. Mario 3, yeah, Super Mario 3D World and Guitar Hero 3. Yes, All sir. three great games that I have a lot of love for. So your answers were correct. <laughs> Oh, all right. So hopefully that helps the the listeners get to know you a little bit better. Um, and I like I said, I like having these conversations too because I get to know you better too this way. Um, so we're gonna move on. So this because of the nature of the topic, we're talking about set collecting for the main topic. So this episode falls more into the collection edition side of episodes. So to start things off, we're gonna talk about our our one ups and pickups. We're gonna talk about our recent. Uh, games that we've purchased um so christian do you mind starting us off with uh some of your recent purchases yeah man it's been slow and um the reason for that is that i just bought pokemon box and it wasn't cheap (laughs) (laughs) that is a pricey pricey purchase um yeah i made a whole video about it um but long story short it's like $1,600 purchase, and it is, I guess if anyone's listening and they don't know what it is, it's like this peripheral for your GameCube that you can, it, the main draw to it was that you could use it as a storage system for your Game Boy handheld Pokemon games via a link cable that connects to the GameCube. You save your Pokemon storage on the provided memory card, and apparently you can also use it as a Game Boy player to play your Game Boy Advance games on the screen. I didn't know that. Yeah, just Pokemon, but it. it, it well, I don't know why it only worked with Pokemon, but that's very interesting. Yeah, you want to you want to hear a, a a story about Pokemon Box? Yeah, man. I don't share this uh, very often. I've talked to it on the podcast once, but it's it's a bad story. Um, 
So I actually bought Pokemon Box off of the Nintendo store when I was 15, 16, when, when it was originally released Man. for, you know, like 20, 30 bucks. Um, I had it for years too. complete. I had the big box. It even came when I, cause I pre-ordered it. It even came with a couple of Pokemon, like the cheap button pins. Um, wow. I had all that stuff, the cable in it and everything, the sticker. I never put it on the memory card. And then, so about 10 years ago when we we're prepping, when we were getting ready for our wedding and stuff, I was like, I got to sell some stuff to help pay for wedding and honeymoon. And I, I hadn't realized that it had become a, a sought, somewhat sought after at the time. So I was like, I was like, oh man, this is selling for 300 bucks. Like dope. Like I'll make 300 bucks right now. And that's a big chunk of, of, of our honeymoon fund. So I sold it. <laughs> and uh, I always say, it's i don't regret why i sold it because it was for our wedding you know it was for wedding funds and we're still happily married but i sure as heck wish i would have just <laughs> got a second job <laughs> and made the money elsewhere so this is like 2005 or so i bought it in like 2005 i sold it in 2014 ish oh okay so oh, yeah wow. I got, like i said i made 300 bucks but I would rather have it in my collection now. <laughs> so I thought it was going to be worse, like a 20 or $30 sale. Um, I mean, that still sucks for sure, but yeah, uh, it's, it could be worse for sure, but I've given up on the, the thought of ever owning it again, but I've, I have a uh, quote unquote played it before. At least I can say true. that it's more than I could say as someone who has it on the shelf right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So was cool. The, um, I've only heard stories and I don't know what's true on the internet, but like you have to like get it shipped online or something like you could only get it from Nintendo. What did, how did, how could you actually acquire this? I bought it through Nintendo's website back then. Okay. So I, I don't remember where I heard about it. If, cause I was, I wouldn't have said I was, like I said, I was like 14, 15. I wasn't a kid that was on the internet all the time. So I, I most, I have to think I heard about Reddit about it in Nintendo power or something. Okay. Um, but I definitely didn't get it at the Nintendo store in New York because I hadn't been there. <laughs> so, yeah. well, was I that an actual it. option? That's what I've heard is that there, okay. you can either buy it online. But yeah, I I don't remember. I definitely didn't. Either my parents paid for it. I remember a couple of times buying stuff online and having to get a money order and like pay for stuff that way. But yeah, no, I I definitely had it. And like like I said, I even got the pre-order bonus of those extra little buttons. One was dugong. I remember that, but. Wow. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool because I feel like most people don't have like memory of like the actual events of buying. I think most of the original owners have sold it off. Yeah. Um. So even though I also am one of those original older owners that sold it <laughs> off, I at least remember the experience of having bought it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, but I'm glad that you finally got it in your collection. Um, that was a big one to knock off the biggest um we'll talk about it i guess in a little bit with the uh, main topic here but that was that was a pain and i talked about it in my video but i essentially saved up credit cards rewards for like five years and i had thirteen hundred dollars saved up um which i like to call free money and that was what i put towards the game it was like three hundred dollars out of pocket and you know that lessened the blow i'm not sure that i could have spent sixteen hundred dollars like like mentally i don't know if i could have gotten myself to do that um but i'm glad it's over <laughs> yeah dude yeah i i was just at portland 
Retro Gaming Expo. And there were like two or three copies there, which I was surprised to see that many. But yeah, they're asking like two. One was two thousand. The other one was twenty five hundred. Um, no cardboard. No cardboard. So I've I never see it in. I mean, I don't see it in person ever, but I don't see it come up with the cardboard almost ever. Right. So my my dream just to talk about my stupid self again. I would love to meet the person who not meet just even find out that the person that I sold it to on eBay like still has it and is a collector. Like that would actually make me happy. No, oh, like, that would be awesome. Uh, the the nightmare is to find out they resold it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care. Once it's out of my hands, what can you do about it? Yeah, no point in living in regret. The other nope. um, game that I've purchased recently was a completing box Mario 64. I've had a player's choice for like four or five years complete in box. It looks like somebody dripped it. I, I don't know, dropped it in the toilet, ran over it. It looks pretty bad, but it was like $5. It was like dirt cheap. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to a convention in two days. Charles Martinet is going to be there along with a ton of other voice actors and Nice. I definitely feel like I need to have him sign Mario 64. So I decided to get myself a nice pretty copy last month. And um, yeah, did, uh, because of Pokemon box was not buying a whole lot. Usually <laughs> I got like a package every other day in the mail. Cause I'm addicted. <laughs> no, yeah, You and me both, but no, that makes sense. But dude, yeah. Having a, a nice clean copy to have signed. Cause then that's the kind of item that just stays in your collection until you die. Like, right especially like i think we're all very nostalgic playing wonder recently like fantastic game and the voice actors did great but it's still like every time i played luigi as i played through it and every time it was just a, enough different that i'd be like ah it's so weird <laughs> <laughs> but that'll be cool you'll have to i'm sure you'll post a picture when you have it signed but i look forward to seeing that oh heck yeah that's one of my like i have a i don't have a big 64 collection and that's one game that like is on my like, why don't you have that dummy? Like, it, as far as complete in box, but it, it it's one of my favorite games. And as far as nostalgia goes, like, or just like meaning as far as video games go, it's one of the games that holds the most meaning to me. So, like, I it's stupid not to own it. With how like much attention that game gets in the media, with like one point five million dollar sales happening, and like, I don't know, it's just being a huge face of gaming. Like, it's honestly pretty affordable like i don't know why like yeah obviously it's common as dirt it's it was a pack-in <laughs> title but the fact that you can still get it for like a couple hundred dollars in really nice condition is surprising to me yeah it honestly doesn't make any sense i'm surprised but especially with how expensive some other 64 games are yeah but it must just be because like you said there's so many copies out there still but i don't know i need to get it before it ends up going up higher <laughs> yeah um, all right so was that it for your pickups yeah what about you man so i got a couple things uh gamestop was doing that four for ten four for twenty um sales so i took advantage of that um and got a few i'm kind of on a 3ds kick i i love handhelds so like whenever i get I have a chance to buy a, a 3ds game at a dirt cheap price i'll get it so i got lego star wars 3 on 3ds um I don't know why I'm showing. I guess I can show you. Like you've never seen it before. <laughs> We're doing a show and tell. Um, so I got that. I got Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare Mobilized on DS. I Fun fact, I've never even played a Call of Duty game. I know you like Call of Duty. Um, yeah. Never 
maybe I played a little bit of like on, of zombie on Black Ops, but I'm not a Call of Duty fan. But just the simple fact that uh, it was going to be five bucks after you know the discount, I was like, that's kind of weird. I'll play Call of Duty on DS. <laughs> this is um, from GameStop. You got a complete DS game? Yeah, I've in this area, I've gotten pretty lucky with like wow. like classic games complete in box lately. Wow. Um, yeah, the one of the stores really close to me. My friend was just there the other day, and they had a stack of GameCube games, but their prices aren't uh, great anymore. They they're closer to eBay prices. Mm. Uh, and then as far as that four for twenty, I also got Nino Kuni two, uh, Revenant Kingdom for PS4, and uh, New Super Lucky's Tale. Um, mm. I don't know if you've played that, but I did. I, you did play it. Yeah. What'd you think of it? Um, it's like really well put together i i enjoyed it um yeah it was like a game that i took turns with my girlfriend playing super easy but like i don't know it was a good game it was very well put together i forgot the developer but they did a good job yeah i have it here so the developer is playful <laughs> so mm, that's the only reason I, I would have remembered that but uh i the interesting thing was is I agree. Like it's I like collectathons and growing up on it with the sixty four. Like that I was just I don't know. I liked the idea of it. I know it used to be an Xbox exclusive and then it got oh. ported eventually. Um, it started as an Xbox One exclusive at least. But yeah, I don't know. Like the way I would say is like it was super easy. It's a great introductory introductory like three D platform like, platformer for anybody who's never played one before or like a kid um especially but <clears throat> i i mean i played through the whole thing i got the platinum trophy i enjoyed it i don't think we're in the era of like i think the era of mascots is kind of done you know yeah. the, the ones from the 90s <laughs> they stuck around they they survived and everything i think if if we were still i think lucky could have a place in in the world if we were still into mascots but i, I just guess the world is over with them <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't see the they still try on occasion or they try to bring them back like Cal the kangaroo or KO the kangaroo whatever it is. Yeah. And they could they just don't I don't know. I think kids maybe this sounds wrong. I don't know, but it doesn't seem like kids these days have any desire to play that either. Like they want to play Call of Duty or whatever. That's uh, true. When I when I was a kid I lived for the mascot games. So, I think yeah. there's still a little bit of appeal there because of that. Um so my one other GameStop purchase was you probably saw they were doing the that ridiculous like up to seventy five percent off of bunch of new titles and stuff. Um, oh yeah, I don't like buying online from GameStop because it's a complete crapshoot, as you've seen. I'm sure ever you know lots of YouTube videos the last week came up about people complaining about getting <laughs> new games without cover art. Um, but I went to a handful of stores and I found one of the games I was looking for. Uh, I know you've had some high praise for this game. It was part of it's, I wanted to play it already, but that helped me want it on my wish, wish list, and that's uh, Scarlet Nexus. Um, oh, yeah. On PS5, five bucks. I was like, mm. heck yeah. I haven't opened it yet. Probably be a while till I get to it. Um, so that was my last GameStop purchase. But my only eBay purchase um, this last couple months was not a super expensive one, but one I've wanted to get for a long time. So I want to get all three of these games. That's uh, Sonic mm. Advance. <clears throat> I got yeah. a nice, it's a nice crispy there's a little bit of damage on the the crappy side of the box you can see some white speckling um but other than that it's in almost perfect condition it had everything in it including the poster 
and it I it was an auction and I ended up getting it for like I think 40 bucks after shipping and everything. Something and, about auctions, man. You gotta if you're patient, you can score for sure. Yeah. No, that's what I tell everybody, like if you have any interest, watch watch anything you're interested in because in that last 15 minutes, I've gotten pretty lucky with some auctions in the last year or so. Um, okay, my last pickup. So this was I was pretty excited about this. Um, so and we have I live really close to Seattle, so we have packs here every year, and um, they had the packs exclusive uh, Castle Crashers um, collector's edition. That, oh, I heard you talking about it on the podcast. Yeah, so I ended up getting it um, just to kind of show you. So it comes in this box that they call the donut box. So it came with the game, uh, the Necromancer plushie, a lanyard, a, um, a sticker, a postcard, and obviously it also came with uh, a physical copy of the game, which this is the first time the game has ever been uh, released physically. And for a game that's been out, what, 14 years? It's kind of crazy. Um, but, yeah, so... I finally have, I was pretty excited. I'm not even going to open it probably because I have it digitally on Switch and on PlayStation. I love Castle Crashers. Um, but the coolest thing is they were selling this box all weekend. But the first hundred people that got it got this stupid little coin that I had to have. So this was the first line that I <laughs> went to at PAX on Friday because I wanted this coin. I don't know if you can even see it very well, but it's a collectible little Castle Crashers coin. And then on the back... It says Series A, one of 1,000. But one of my friends also got this, and his also says one of 1,000. Oh. And there's supposed to be 100 of these. So I was like, they're trolling us somewhere. I'm like, I don't know where. <laughs> but uh, the funny thing was, I saw somebody selling just the coin on eBay, and they're asking for like 1,000 bucks. And they're like, one of 1,000, super rare. And I was like, oh, he doesn't, I don't think he got the joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. Um, so... What was the other thing you really wanted to like get at the at the convention? Like I think there was another thing you wanted to be there early for. Yeah, they um so there was at limited run games, they do these weird VHS uh collectors editions of games sometimes. Like they just did huh. one for Jurassic Park and they did one for the first Knights of Old Republic. Um That's cool. yeah, and I I I have Knights of the Old Republic on Xbox. I have it digitally on my tablet. I have it digitally on Switch. Like, I love the games. I don't need these stupid things, but I just love the fact they're in these VHS-style casings, and, like, they've made it look like a VHS, like, in every aspect of it. So they, I have the first one, and they released the second one at PAX that weekend, and I just didn't feel like waiting in two lines. So I, only, I just chose to go for this because I thought it was cooler, more unique. And last year they ended up releasing the Knights of Old Republic 2 one or the Knights of Old Republic one on limited run games website, like two months later. So mm -hmm. I was kind of, I was like, maybe they'll do that and I'll get another chance. So it's not a need. It's a, it's a frivolous want for sure. I guess none of these are needs, but <laughs> that's, there's a difference between how much I wanted it, I guess. That's pretty awesome though. That's awesome. You got that coin, no matter how many there actually are. That's uh, it's pretty awesome as a big fan. Yeah. I was excited about it. I think it's cool. Have you played Castle Crashers before? I know nothing about that game. If you ever want to play a really wacky, seriously wacky, um, but fun four-player, like it's it's a beat-em-up basically. Um, 
it, you know, they definitely tried to style it after, you know, the 90s arcade games, X-Men and everything. But it, ha it has a little more, um, no, it has a lot more uh, longevity than those games. It takes a lot longer to be, and it's hard as heck. Even, mm. And with four people, it gets harder because they, I think they up the difficulty, but also you're now sharing the coins and everything that you use to level up and buy new stuff. So it's a fun game, though, and it goes on sale dirt cheap a lot. Great have, you played, have you played Sonic Advance before? I had never played it. So I, uh, I was, I've started it. I haven't played it much. I got an analog pocket um, over the summer. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, so I've been kind of more focused on Game Boy again, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, um, even Game Gear a little because I got that adapter. But yeah, I was that was the first game I wanted to buy after I got it. So had you played it before? I grew up with the first Sonic Advance. It's a good, it's like a very solid 2D trilogy of games for Sonic. You know, I heard, I know I heard you talking about it in one of your recent episodes, but like Sonic definitely not, not been great for 20 years. You know, he's been, he's been in some slumps, yeah. but these games, um, I mean, it feels like direct sequels to the Genesis games. They're very solid. Yeah, no, I I've enjoyed what I played, and any opportunity I have to play as Knuckles I, is a win for me. I, oh, I love me some you. Knuckles. So yeah, I love Sonic. So it's always felt kind of like sacrilegious that I didn't play these games. I don't know why I never got them as a kid. I why I never asked for them, I guess. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to finishing it. I'm about I think I I don't know how far I am, but I world six or seven. I probably should have already beaten it, but I got distracted. So that's a short one. Yeah, it doesn't feel... I know I'm close to the last level. I could feel it. I feel it in my bones. <laughs> um, okay, so let's go ahead and move on to the main topic. So when I asked you about being on the podcast, I was excited that you said yes, and I, I tossed a couple I, uh, topic ideas to you that I thought would fit well just with watching your YouTube, what I figured might appeal to you. And um, you said, let's go with set collecting. Let's talk about the madness of being a, a video game collector and why we would want to go for a whole set of games for a console. And I said, is let's that what I it. said? <laughs> I don't, I'm paraphrasing. Oh. <laughs> I'm just making stuff up. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, I said, let's do it. That sounds like fun. I, I, I'm just going to not say anything else. So let's get into the topic and ask the question, what is set collecting? So what is, what do you, how would you explain set collecting to somebody who doesn't know what it is? It is, I was going to make a joke, but it is <laughs> essentially this, it's this list that you get um, from someone on the internet or you make it yourself. Most of the time you're going to get a list of every single game that released in your country for a specific console. Yeah. That about sums it up. I, yeah, I've always been fascinated with the idea of getting a whole set of games for a console, um, but I've yet to ever pull the trigger on even getting. Well, I guess I've gotten a little close to one, but we'll talk 3DS, about it. right? Uh, Wii U. Oh, but we'll talk about that a little bit more. But I definitely have slowed down a lot on that because I care less. Um, <laughs> so yeah, set collecting, like you said, basically a list of games that have come out in America that we believe is the full list and you're going to try to get every one of them for a specific console. So in this day and age kind of raises the, there, there are a bunch of new websites that raise the question of what exactly counts as a, as a set for video game collecting. 
uh, sites like Limited Run Games, um, Special Reserve, uh, even companies like Square Enix and others will release physical copies that are limited to just a, so many copies that you can only get for a short period of time. They never sell them in retail, but they do have the ESRB. Um, so how do you feel about those? Do you, uh, this is a personal question because I do feel like people's opinions vary, but do you feel like they count as part of a complete set? I guess we need to back it up a little bit. Um, so people, people kind of everything. Okay, so if you don't know what set collecting is, not you, but the audience, like this is a completely arbitrary thing. This is something where a bunch of guys on a forum on the internet sit down and they're like, "Hey, let's decide what counts for the NES set," and they find every game, they make a list, and they decide, okay. All of these games counts. And then some other guy comes into the forum and he's like, well, you couldn't actually buy these, these games, you know, these 25 games couldn't actually be purchased at a store. So I don't think we should count those. So the list might change, but then you might have some other people who are like, well, these are unlicensed games. So these 50 games don't count. And so the list gets smaller and it's, it's completely, no one can agree okay so no one on the internet can agree with what should and shouldn't count and i say nes because that is the the system that like i know that nes is far from the first video game console but that is the video game console to collect for that is the one everybody cares about um that's the one that people set collect I guess that's that's the one people used to set collect a lot. Things have really changed recently, but that's that's the big one, uh, the most important, I suppose you could say. Um, but yeah, so when you get more into modern things, you mentioned ESRB, um, and that's kind of one I wanted to back up a little bit. A lot of people will say if it's got an ESRB rating, then it counts towards the set. And that didn't actually start to matter until you get to like the 2010s where you have these limited print companies and you have things like Play Asia start to pop up where you can buy a freaking video game with no rating on it that plays in every language that has ever existed in the world. And you're like, how in God's name do I classify that? Yeah. Um, it's, it's craziness. And it's arbitrary. I can't stress that enough. And as someone who is going for a complete set, um, I cannot imagine going for a modern set for that reason. I can't imagine saying, okay, I need to get every Vita game. So that means I have to get all the games with an NTSC North American release with an ESRB. I have to get all the ones that have released from limited run games i i cannot fathom it um i i really don't know if i count limited print stuff towards a set this is something i've been battling with myself for a long time and with other people and um recently i've started to realize that i don't have a reason why they don't count i just don't want them to <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I kind of agree. I think that's what it comes down to most of the time is frankly just not wanting it to a little bit. Like it's what it, it's all preference because I if somebody tells me like, hey, I'm going for a Vita set, but I'm not gonna do the limited run games, I would be right. like, Okay, yeah, that's fair. 
And if somebody else said like they're doing a Vita set and they're doing all the limited run too, I'd be like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Like I, I would buy either of them as going for a full set. So it's, yeah, I don't know. Like I was even thinking about it with myself. Like I'm not going for a full set of anything specifically really right now, but like with PSP, um, I know the, the last release was summon night, um, five or six. So, um, and that was not released physically in stores. It was only released through their website. Um, so to some people, I've not looked into what people's thoughts on, are on this, but to some people that might not be a necessary addition because it was not a retail release. But if I was to go for a full PSP collection, I'd want that game to be part of that collection. But then, like you said, if I, w if I went for a Vita collection, I would sure as heck not want to go for all the limited run games. And I would consider the retail releases a full set. <laughs> so I think there's a lot of hypocrisy even within... <laughs> Um, that's that's the worst part you need people you need to stay consistent like you can't say this is my pet peeve is you cannot say that because this game costs a thousand dollars and the other you know 500 games in the set don't cost a thousand dollars well yeah that one's super expensive i'm not going to count that i think you either need to accept that you're going to buy a full set without that game and just like be, be accept that like understand that you don't have to prove anything to anyone on the internet or you have to say like no there's an actual reason why pokemon box doesn't count towards the gamecube set it's not a game it wasn't released in you know in stores like whatever your reason might be you need to stick with that across all the sets right like mm -hmm. i can't stand when it's inconsistent yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, I've thought about it. And if I had ever decided to go for a complete 3DS set, which I probably won't, I would never buy the Barbie game, the Gloom and Glam Pups. I, I won't do it. So I would have a complete set minus that game. And I know that's not a complete set. And it would always hurt a little bit because the completionist <laughs> in me would know that I'm one off. But I will not spend that kind of money on a game I'm never going to play <laughs> at, yeah. at all. I just couldn't. I wouldn't do it. But... Yeah, I mean, there's just, I, I guess there's just a lot of, like I said, a lot of hypocrisy in it, but it would be nice if, I don't know who this person would be, if some somebody would take charge and say, like, I, this is the, the new rule going forward for Yeah, sex <laughs> like, that's all I need. I have told some of these old heads in the video game collecting world, like, straight up, I, if you make a list and you make a book, like, I'm buying it and that's what I'm going with, like, I trust you. You've taught me all this crap and I want you to like make this so I don't have to worry about it anymore. That would be excellent. <laughs> exactly. Give me a checklist. Tell me what I need. <laughs> no, I agree. All right. So for you personally, what reasons do you go for a complete set? Actually, let's Chris? hold off. Let's, oh, let's, okay. sorry. Let's, let's ask instead first, what full, what games consoles are you going for a full set on? I think that I know for a fact the only set I'm going for is the GameCube set right now. Yeah. And if anybody's interested, like you said earlier, Christian did just put out a new video about how close he is to it. And you should watch the video because it's super, super interesting. And he's pretty dang close. Um, <laughs> so if uh, that's a question for later. Sorry, my questions are now out of order according to what I've come up with as I'm going along. <laughs> no worries. So I think just to throw it out there, I think I have 456 out of 554, less than 100 to go. Dude, that's pretty nice. Pretty nice chunk out of the way. That's 
pretty amazing. And looking at your list, you still need some that aren't like crazy heavy hitters. So it's, it's all downhill now. Yeah, that's kind of nice. You only have a couple of the biggest priced ones left. So, um, okay. So now back to the other question: what What is the reason, or what reasons do you, does Christian, go for a complete set? I personally, I guess to go back to my first collecting hobby of comic books, I am a Spider-Man guy. And when I got into comic books, I was in like junior year of, of high school and my friends and I walked into a comic shop at the mall, which sounds crazy to me now. I can't imagine <laughs> buying comics at the mall. Yeah. Um, and, and I got into comics and I started to find out that like Amazing Spider-Man is the run. That's the original. That's the one people keep up with. And at this point, um, they had just wrapped up. I don't know how much you know about comics, but this they had just wrapped up like Amazing Spider-Man Volume Two. So they had gone to seven hundred. That was a huge deal. And they were starting back over at one for the next volume. Um, and I was just like, you know what, like. I would love to own every single Spider-Man comic, one through 700. I know that the first 20 or whatever are going to be next to impossible to buy, but I'll grow up and have a job one day, and that'll be great. Yeah. Um, uh, so I still have my comics. I haven't sold most of them. I probably still have four or 500 comics collecting. Well, they're not collecting dust, but they're in my, my bedroom chilling. Um, but I bring that up to kind of, I guess take like let y'all understand my brain a little bit i i really love the idea of having a library of things and i think as far back as childhood my mom told me that she kind of knew i was a collector when i used to just take hot wheels home and park them and just line them up and organize them however i wanted <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah. I, I kind of did the same thing with action figures. Like my mom would get so ticked because I'd open them up and I'd take keep. I would try to keep the box as connected as I could, take everything <laughs> out, and then like close it back up and then try to store it. And my mom wow. would eventually come in and throw it away. But even back <laughs> then, like I was super young. I remember it was like Jurassic Park action figures. Like I wanted to keep all the box because that's where I wanted to house them when I was done playing. With them. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um. So, yeah, I, I think there's something in my brain that just really appreciates having a library of stuff. Um, I think it took me a long time to figure out what I wanted that stuff to be. And comics were awesome. You can't really display them. They're in these ugly long boxes. And, you know, they're you can't have a game. You can't have a full room with comic books. Like, I guess I suppose if I was framing them putting them up on the wall i could have a room displayed with comics or something but for the most part you have them in long boxes they're ugly they're boring um and i, I don't i don't know where i'm going with that like I, I didn't get into collecting because i wanted to have something to show off but um i i did transition to video games right when i was into getting into my second year of college or so and i I, it started with me being like, oh, you know, this is a game I didn't know of uh, that had a sequel. Like, huge, huge Rayman 2 fan growing up. And I, I get into collecting, and I find out there's a Rayman 3. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, more game? 
<laughs> more of this game that I freaking obsessed with over the last 10, 20 years. Like, why would I not buy this immediately? And I think that's how a lot of people start collecting. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it branches out into like, oh, what other Rayman stuff existed? You know, I I have all this love for Rayman 2. Let me see. Is there a Rayman 4? Too soon. I know that that doesn't exist. <laughs> um, but I go, I start learning about different Rayman games, and it's like, okay, well, it would be kind of cool to have all of these, maybe play them all one day. Um, but really listening to the Collector's Quest podcast got me into like this whole idea of of just collecting every game for a library and also being in the video game collecting community on Instagram. It was like, it was like an event when somebody got their final, final game in the mail. Like Instagram used to be such an awesome place for video game collecting. People would really just root for you. You would post every single game as you are working towards the set. And, um, you know, the day that somebody finishes the set on Instagram five years ago was like this monumental event. Everyone is like, holy crap, he's got all freaking 770 whatever NES games or whatever it might be. And um, I, I feel like I'm going off a lot. But basically, Collector's Quest podcast is probably to blame for me getting into set collecting. I didn't know what the heck that was until that podcast and um video game collecting on instagram and i saw that people were doing that and i was like you know i could totally see myself doing this i was working fast food at the time i didn't have money for things like pokemon box i was still going to college but i was big into goodwill and um local pickups and everything and i would eventually go on to acquire things like gotcha force locally for dirt cheap and um i got a good amount of GameCube games, good willing for years. And um, I think I, I've kind of expressed on the channel that I'm not super passionate about GameCube. So it's, it's like a lot of people ask me why GameCube if you're going for a set. And I think that it, it just started with me kind of, you had three main things you could find at Goodwill. It was like, you have your PS2, Xbox and GameCube games. It's the disc-based stuff. The days of finding N64 and older are, are in the past. And yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> I didn't grow up with an Xbox until I got older. I didn't grow up with a PS2. And I grew up with a GameCube. And I was like, well, if I'm going to go for a set, I guess it's going to be this. Um, and I guess that's how it started. Um, like, I guess, it, I guess I have evolved since then to to realizing that I just, I kind of want to own everything, Chris. Like, <laughs> I yeah, just, I it. it's not just GameCube. It's not just any console. It's just that I want everything organized on my shelf in the world that's <laughs> ever existed. I think that, I think that this hobby is going to entertain me for decades. I'm just always going to have something to waste money on. 100%. I'm, and I'm right there with you. Like, it's kind of hard. And I know it just sounds so materialistic, but I'm like, I want to, I do want to own it all. But I I mean, for me, like video games, obviously there's a ton of nostalgia in it. Like, you know, playing games with my mom or my si my sister growing up or my friends as I got older, you know, playing, I used, I've used video games as a crutch during hard times in my life. Like, so they've brought me comfort, brought me comfort. But uh, on top of that too, like, 
I think of it, I know there's people out there that would just laugh at this, but I, I think of video games like art. You know, when somebody sees yeah. a, a beautiful piece of art, like they want to own it and have it on their wall. And like, like to me, I know there's a lot of games that aren't made with love, but generally speaking, there are so many games where these people, no matter how honestly, no, how, no matter how mediocre the game is sometimes, there's still somebody that put a lot of time and effort yeah. into this game. And like, I think I just really respect that. Like I, I want, and then because of that, I want to own it. And even if I don't play it for 10 years or never make it to it, like I like the idea that I can eventually, or yeah. that somebody can come over, see it on my shelf and be like, Oh, I've always wanted to play that. And then they can borrow it and play it that way. I'm not saying I'm a rental service necessarily, but I, I like <laughs> the opportunity for people to, to borrow and, and play like, I don't know, like, set collecting is a fun it's a fun aspect of it but i kind of agree with what you're saying it's just like there's just something about owning it all and it's not even like a greedy thing like i just want to have it all it's like i just don't want it i don't know it's like with the e-shop closing and everything and thinking about all those games that are just gone like it's there's true. a bunch of games there we'll never we'll probably never see the light of day some of we'll probably never even think about them again but yeah. it's the fact that somebody put time into that and they're just dead <laughs> you know like they'll probably never get released elsewhere that kind of like to sound cheesy it kind of breaks my heart a little bit for the people that put the effort into it so when it comes to physical games i like to own it <laughs> i like i think i think a lot of people i mean art is exactly what it is it is you don't even i feel like if i go talk to a random coworker right now and i try to tell them that video games are art you know they would laugh but it's it's just there's music that goes into it. There is visuals that go into it. There's the gameplay itself, of course. There's so much that goes into it. And every game might not be a piece of art, but every game is a piece of history. And I think when you get into video game collecting, you definitely start, like most people get really into the history of it. And I, I love it. Uh, I started watching Gaming Historian around the time I started getting into collecting. And you just learn about, all the hardships that went into creating one of your favorite games or a, a game you don't even care about. And it's just so interesting. Um, every game's got a story. It, it's it's history and it's art, and I freaking love it. Yep, I'm right there with you. It's just, it's it's fun. Uh, honestly, the thrill of the hunt will always be part of it. Like, I love finding things. I love finding deals. But it is, I 100% believe, like you said, it's art. It's art. I love to own it. It's a passion for me. And I, I love to talk about it. <laughs> so yeah. Um. Okay. So what? Now moving on a little bit. What system do you think is the hardest to get a full, complete in box set for? I think that there are some really tough ones out there, and a lot of the times it's because of money. Um. I think if we were in two thousand five recording this podcast, you could go get a full set of pretty much anything for a couple thousand dollars. I don't know. I wasn't there, right? Like I was like 10. I wasn't collecting video games. But um, if you were collecting back then, you could get an NES set without even using eBay for the most part, you know? Yeah. Um, you could get hundreds of games for a dollar a piece uh, at the flea market at garage sales. And I wish I could have been there for that. Um, but nowadays, there's two big struggles. Um, you didn't have to worry about money back then, but you do now. What you did have to worry about back then was 
if a game was gonna become available, rarity, right? Um, that's a huge thing. There's games that don't pop up even in 2023. There are games that don't pop up like they pop up less than once a year on eBay, which is the place to buy video games. And that's insane because in 2005, it made sense that nothing was popping up on eBay. Nobody knew about some rare game. Nobody knew that this game was, I, I don't know. No, like if you had a game like NCAA 2K3 on the GameCube, there's very few copies in 2023 listed on eBay. Nobody in 2005, 2006 is going to throw that up and expect anything for it. They're like, oh, this is an old sports game. This is a piece of trash. And it says 2K3 on it. Why would anyone want to play it in 2K6, right? <laughs> um, a game like that in 2005 would never make it to eBay. Okay. Yeah. And on the other side of the coin, you have something where people start to know about things. People start to say, oh, this is a basketball game that no one's going to play, but it's a basketball game that is incredibly expensive and I am going to profit a lot. So you have like this shift into where things are more expensive now, but they are more available now, which is, I don't know. It has a, it's an upside and a downside. Um, and I feel like I have already, Oh, you said what is the most, ex the most difficult to collect for the most difficult set so to bring it home, um, the <laughs> the answer for me, you know, you could say Sega Saturn, those games, pretty freaking expensive. You could say Turbo Graphics, pretty freaking expensive and pretty freaking rare. But I think that the answer is going to be Neo Geo. I think that Neo Geo collectors are some of the richest and coolest people alive. <laughs> um, Do you watch Mr. Rightway on YouTube? I actually just watched one of his videos yesterday, but I, I don't I don't watch a whole lot of his stuff. I, I he's a funny guy. Uh, he posted he's working on Neo Geo stuff right now because he got oh, he wow. found he found some in the wild and made a big trade. But he just did a you should watch the video. He just did a video with I don't know if he was a friend or just another collector, but he has I don't now I don't remember. I I want to say it was a complete set and Neo Geo stuff, but he kept calling him like my rich friend. <laughs> it was pretty funny. But yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever even seen one at like a game store, a uh, Neo Geo, right. game, let alone the console. Yeah, it's this. I mean, for the people listening, it's this console that nobody bought in the '90s because it cost a fortune then, and the games were expensive as heck. And long story short, that makes for collecting it in 2023 incredibly expensive and rare. And um, there's there's not a lot of games that. I have no idea how many are in the set. I have no idea um, when I look at a game. I have no idea if it released in North America or if it was a worldwide release or if it was a Japanese release. They're they're pretty weird. Yeah, yeah. Some of those, yeah, some of those obscure systems is just like how do you even figure out <laughs> what all consists of a complete set? Right. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I I would dread trying to complete. It would be fun, but especially if you had the money, but trying to do a complete Neo Geo set or like you mentioned too, like Turbo Graphics, especially if you're talking about I know there's multiple cardboard. levels of yeah, with the cardboard sleeves yeah. and stuff. Like I man, like I have a Turbo Graphics console that I've had that I found at a Goodwill 
years ago. I honestly don't even know if it works still. I need to because I've never bought a game. I've never owned a game for it. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to buy a game so I can even find out if it works. <laughs> but <laughs> but man, I've looked at that console, that set, and it's uh there's some games on it that look really fun, but yeah, it's a terrifying set. And then the completionist in me would want the cardboard and everything, and it's yeah uh, raises the price a lot. <laughs> so yeah, significantly, exponentially. Yep. <clears throat> but Neo Geo, like the company is it's a completely different company than what you see collecting everything else, which is the same you could say for NEC Turbo Graphics, right? Like it's a whole nother spectrum of history that you get to experience, both like in the style of how the games play and just like how it was packaged and the the cartridges are giant. Like it's not oh, like yeah. anything else. Um, it's it's just like a whole nother world of history you get to experience. Um same thing for turbo graphics like nec didn't last a long time in the video game market and they came out on these little cue cards which no one else ever used it's so interesting and i love it i don't think i'll ever be a neo geo collector but maybe i'll have a game or two <laughs> yeah that's kind of like my goal is like i i'd like to have one of every console and at least a couple of games for each console just so i can experience each console in as it's meant to be experienced yeah all right, so let's talk. So you're obviously going for a complete GameCube set, um, but taking out like the cost of the set itself, if there was any one other video set for any other console that you could go for, try to get the whole set, um, what would it be? Yeah, I guess your world really opens up. I think people would collect sets more often if money wasn't such an issue. You know, you would probably go for a 3DS set because literally getting barbie is the dumbest thing it's like it's worse than buying pokemon box it's like there's this <laughs> this piece of trash shovelware game that costs over a thousand dollars um i think that i would have to say super nintendo and specifically i would say complete in box because i think someday i might go for a loose snes set um i buy a lot of games complete uh, like game boy games i don't buy them loose anymore i've pretty much dedicated myself to buying them complete and i think nes super nintendo n64 i can't commit to having those games complete um it's just too much cardboard gets so expensive the or the late the older it gets and um Specifically, to answer your question, I would say uh, a complete Super Nintendo set of like 700 and however many games it is. I would love it. It's a lot of games, but man, there's so much good. It's amazing to me all these years, both collecting and playing and just watching it. How many games on Super Nintendo I still see that I had no, I've never heard of before. And yeah. I, that's because I don't, I guess because I'm not a set collector for it, but it's nuts that and game boy like i'm always seeing games that i'm like i didn't even know that existed <laughs> for me it is ps1 i feel like i know there's over a thousand games on that console and i didn't grow up with it so that's working against me but i see probably weekly like a new game for that console that i did not know existed and it's crazy yeah it happens for ps1 for me a lot too and that's I did have a PS1 and collect, kind of collected for it pretty heavily in the mid-2000s, though you wouldn't know it looking at my collection now. <laughs> um, yeah, it was had you heard of... I saw you posted Swagman the other day. Had you heard of that before? Um, <laughs> for the picture? 
I got that like last year around this time, and I, 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 I do this thing where I just browse auctions ending soonest, and you know try to score on eBay. And this one was one of those. It was like undervalued, quote unquote. Like it was cheaper than all the buy it nows, and I was like, oh yeah, I'll buy it. Um, but no, but prior to that, I had never heard of that game. It's such a weird. That cover is like you said, is terrifying. <laughs> it look. I don't know. As a kid, I thought it looked so fun. <laughs> one day. <laughs> I need to actually need to look for it. I've never actually looked to own it, but I know do for you, me, if, go ahead. Do you have a set that you would collect if money wasn't a problem? Yeah, I think I would go for a complete in box Game Boy Advance set. Um, wow. Because I, I just have a, I love handheld consoles just, and I'm, I'm fascinated. I don't, it's not even fascinated. I think because as a kid, my parents were always gone or we we're always going places so I always like I bring my Game Boy with me to keep me busy, and I had like a lot of Game Boy games as a kid. And like as I've gotten older, like I think that level of nostalgia has just kind of I don't I don't know how to explain it. It's just rolled over into like a fascination with like handheld gaming, not so much with mobile gaming like mobile phones and stuff. But right, like I love that's why I kind of have bought more for the 3DS recently too because I love the uh, 3DS to me it was just a great console, but it had its flaws, but yeah, 3DS, PSP, Vita, like um, game, even Game Boy to some extent. But Game Boy Advance is probably one of my favorite handheld, probably my favorite handheld, one of my favorite consoles. I just think it would be fun. There's just a lot of randomness on that console. Like I, it was at a time when they they would they had any IP out of about anything, they'd make a game based off of it, and a lot of them <laughs> are trash. But they made really cool boxes. <laughs> so yeah, and you know you have a pretty solid. Game Boy Advance collection. I've been studying it a lot over the last few years, the library, and there's obviously an insane amount of movie tie-ins, TV show tie-ins, but like there's a lot of very interesting stuff that it's like, holy crap, I didn't know that released on the GBA. The amount of like sequels and spin-offs of Sega Dreamcast and just like Sega properties in general, like yeah, there's a nuts. freaking altered beast game. There's a crazy mm -hmm. taxi game freaking choo-choo rockets there's fantasy star like sega really just stopped making consoles and said all right nintendo here we come yeah they just <laughs> went hard man yeah the game boy advance and the xbox saw the 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 brunt of the releases after yeah. sega was done with consoles and some good stuff too but yeah i don't know game boy advance maybe even I keep flirting with the idea of going for PSP because it's a, a, a just a really cool console with a lot of really cool games on it, and they're dirt cheap still these days. Mm. But I talk myself out of everything. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the, I went uh, for a Wii U set for for pre-COVID. I started going for a Wii U set because oh, you know wow. console was done, and I wanted to do a full set of something, and I was finding games at GameStop or anywhere else for dirt cheap. I was getting games for two, three bucks a piece. And I put together probably 80 games in the course of a couple months. Um, but then when COVID hit and the prices started to fluctuate, Devil's Third got a nice jump in price. The people realized the Book of Unwritten Tales was rare. And I'm just like, I love the Wii U as a console, but the game set is not great. <laughs> so yeah. I... I kind of gave up. Like, I still buy if I see a game cheap that I don't have for it, I still buy it. So at some point, there's a chance I'd complete the whole set. <laughs> but I'm no longer focusing it at all. 
Well, what are you what are you at? Do you know? Uh, 108, I think, of Almost the hundred. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. And I've got. I mean, unfortunately, I'm, I don't have the three heaviest hitters. I don't have doubles third. I don't have book of written tails, and I don't have turbo. Um, but I have basically all the other ones in but around that range: Axiom Verge, Twilight Princess, Game and Wario, Cabela's, whatever Pro Hunts, but. I almost feel like it's time to collect Wii U. I mean, I don't keep up with it a whole lot in, in terms of price, but like every time I do see something, like me and Craig on Collective Perspective, we're just talking about Hello Kitty Cruisers. Like that was super expensive for a minute, and now it's like a thirty dollars game. Yeah, no, the prices of a lot of stuff lately, probably because of of you know the economy, have started to settle a little bit. Um, so it is the right time if you have the money to try to finish it. I don't. There's just. I'd rather, as of right now, I'd rather put my money towards stuff that I want to play. So the, yeah, absolutely. The last couple Wii U games I bought, I think, were parts of like the buy buy two get one free at GameStop or other stores I was at. I'm just like, yeah, why not add it when I'm not paying for it, basically. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, it's hard to buy twenty Just Dances and stuff when I have no intention <laughs> of playing them. <laughs> I um. I also love the Wii U. You know, I talked about Mario 3D World, but I was there. I was late to the game with Wii U, probably like 2015. And I just I caught up on the first party title releases um, and played all the new ones as they were coming out. I loved Yoshi's Wooly World. I loved Splatoon 1. Um, and that's all I can think about. Donkey Kong, man, I love that game so much. But there are some great titles. I was there for Super Mario Maker in its prime and uh star fox and it's a great console i I, it makes me sad thinking about the wii u a lot like i know how poorly it did and how few people experienced it but at least like 95 percent of the library has been ported yeah that's the that's the thing is so much of it's been ported i know i i was a, a day one adapter for the wii u adopter whatever i got a wii u day one um i had a lot of hope for it because i didn't I like the Wii, but I didn't love the Wii. I got sick of it pretty early on. Mm. <laughs> so, like, the gamepad was cool, but and like, I loved that there was going to be an official Pro Controller and all that. Um, but overall, like, I still think Miiverse was one of the coolest things. Other, Miiverse and Spot Passing on the 3DS were two of the coolest things Nintendo's mm. done. And I hate... I know that the Wii U didn't do great, and the 3DS, maybe they just didn't care enough to keep it going, but I hate that they dropped those two things. Because I love the sense of like community that they both created. Um, like even like taking my 3DS to uh, like PAX in September or the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, like getting spot passes again and like seeing what people are playing and the just the messages and stuff. It, it's to me, it's so fun and you don't get that from other consoles. That's and true. The Miiverse was just so unique in that regard too. Like I don't know. I love those two things. I wish Nintendo would do something like it. I will always say that I hate how bare bones the switch is as far as it just doesn't feel Nintendo <laughs> when it comes to any like any of that liveliness but it's still a great console I uh, uh, I would take my 3ds to college and I would just be like so surprised the first few times that I would even spot past anybody I was like oh my gosh people are people are like me out there <laughs> <laughs> there's more of us there's dozens that was a yeah. very cool feature. It was it was fun just go walking around the mall or wherever and finding you know checking it when you get back home and seeing you spot past five people that are all playing Pokemon. Um, 
Yeah, no, good times. I can't even imagine trying to go for a a full set of Switch games, though, man. That'd, that'd be so hard. <laughs> I can't imagine it, man. But I just found out not too long ago that there are people on Reddit called on this subreddit called the r slash ns collectors i think and they're they've been making the list since 2017 when each game comes out worldwide of every physical game that's ever released and uh i imagine there's a few slip-ups in there there's gotta be maybe but still that has never been done before um i mean it might have happened with wii u but it was like 160 games um but like to see this happen in in real time it's so cool like yeah that's that's a great side of the internet that the internet has brought people together who whether they're going to collect the full set or not few people are going to actually get thousands of of switch games on their wall um but just to have that information there i'm pretty sure they've got like the upc number written down they've got everything everywhere that it released and didn't release it's just good information um like we didn't even talk about it but like as a set collector there's a lot of information nintendo didn't say hey here's every nes game that we ever released like we ever allowed released from our doors so that's why we have to make these arbitrary lists yeah um and if you're making an arbitrary list and you're able to have all this information, it's a huge plus to, to just see it happen live in real time on this subreddit is very cool. Yeah, I agree. And I can't even imagine trying to keep up with all of these. It's the amount of limited run game type companies is insane. And it feels like there's a new one popping up quite regularly. And like trying to keep up on all those releases, like respect, man. <laughs> like so the fact that they're that there's a group of them doing it. Oh man. But yeah. All right. So in conclusion, any other thoughts on set collecting before we wrap up? I don't think I would recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> you want to delve into the madness of set collecting? <laughs> um yeah. I joke around about how ridiculous it is and dumb it is. And honestly, it is pretty dumb. Um, it's You got to be passionate about it if you're going to go for it. I think that I love it. I love, I just sat here and talked about it for however long we've been on the phone. And um, I'm a big fan of just having a library of art and history around me. And um, I think that if you're going to go for a set, you know, I, I try to tell people not to just go for the easy one because it's easy. I think that it should be a system that you care about. Um, like I said, Super Nintendo would probably be my dream set. And that's because I, I love 16-bit. That's the console I grew up on first. And um, I, it's the if I was going to play every game from a library, it would probably be that one. Like, I could probably sit down even with a hockey game and play it for 10 minutes and get my thoughts on it and move on to the next yeah. one. I could probably play all 700 plus games on that library. Yeah. Well, that was the age too, where even the licensed games were almost consistently good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that obviously took a huge dip in the GameCube PS2 era, but <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I get that. I'm sure there's a lot of just real gems on that console that I, I've never even heard of still same there's uh i mean people 
people of all ages love to go for N64 sets. It's just the standard 296, you know. Let me dip my toe into set collecting, you know. I can spend a few hundred bucks on this super bowling garbage and you know, maybe I'll fork over a grand for this sculptor's cut nonsense, but that's why I think that you should really choose wisely if you're going to go for a set. Um, I, I just I don't like seeing people go for N64 sets all the time, and and it's because it's easy. I think that you should choose something that you're super fond of, and before you even do that, make sure that this is something you want to spend thousands of dollars on. You know. You can go to pricecharting.com. They'll give you a very rough estimate of how much it's going to cost you to finish the set. And just like look at that number and see, could you imagine yourself spending 20, 30 grand on a bunch of garbage that's going to sit on the shelf? Um, I feel like I'm deterring the audience from doing it, which is probably good, but... Um, that's more for us <laughs> make the decision make the right decision uh be smart about it um but yeah aside from all the negative stuff i say about set collecting i'm not gonna stop i freaking love it um but i i need i do need a break okay after i finish gamecube there will be a break i'm not diving into any other sets um i keep talking about this on my channel but i i really have got to get those key important titles on my shelf. I don't even have a Super Mario complete in box on NES. As a game collector, it's ridiculous. I feel <laughs> like I need that. And I, and meanwhile, I'm spending hundreds of dollars on stuff like Disney Sports Basketball. It doesn't make sense. But Man, that's a, that's a collector for you. We don't always make <laughs> a lot of sense. <laughs> no, so, I hear yeah. you. I, I kind of agree. Like, I don't think anybody should try to get into set collecting unless they want to. Like, you have to want to. And, like, keep in mind, if you pick a console like PS2 or Xbox, you're going to be looking at a lot of sports titles, <laughs> a lot of yeah. a lot of stuff that you'll never play. It might be cheap, but it's a lot of shelf filler. And that, that, for me, is one of the things that always deters me from going for more of these sets. Like, even PSP, I'm like, I don't want 20 copies of Madden and FIFA and NBA. Like, I'm not even a sports guy. So, like, I don't even want one of them. <laughs> Like let al let alone a bunch. Like, I have just enough appreciation for sports that I can own something like Ken Griffey Jr.'s baseball or like Madden 13 because that was the year the Seahawks won the Super Bowl. Like, like <laughs> that. But that's like minimal appreciation. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. But it it I will always say that it is if you're into it, it's fun and it's fun to the for me the thrill of the hunt, walking into a store and seeing a game you've been looking for, or you know looking on eBay or on wherever and finding a copy below price is probably one of the best feelings. Like, I don't know. That's a thrill that I can't really find anywhere else for me. Like <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Finding something cheaper than what I'm supposed to be paying for it. According to the internet, <laughs> according to the internet. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I do think that more people would be into set collecting if it wasn't so freaking expensive these days. Um, that's why I think a lot of people went for NES sets in the 2000s. You know, they were passionate about it, and they could just find all these old Nintendo tapes laying around for a dollar each. And I, I really wish I could have been there for it. Yeah, I when I really got into collecting first was like 2010, 2011, and I was actually doing working on 64 games. But at that point, everybody was working on NES, so like uh -oh. NES stuff had skyrocketed. So, and it was just fun to learn about things. Like I never even heard of little Samson before I started collecting 64, but then noticing what was expensive on other consoles, little Samson. Wow, even back then. 
yeah i mean it, it was not even it wasn't over a thousand yet though i mean it was probably still in the hundreds but that was expensive then you know yeah or the the flintstones game the one the blockbuster exclusive one like fine like there's just honestly there's just a lot of cool history on consoles when you get into set collecting you learn a lot of stuff that's true yeah yeah that's the biggest draw to it i mean you're gonna see more than just the awesome first party nintendo stuff you're gonna dive into like things that you didn't know existed yeah yeah i think that's a big part of the draw for me so all right so we're gonna go to the question to the listeners um so i remembered at 5 30 and we were getting ready to meet at 5 30 that i hadn't done a set a question so there was no instagram question i just did it on discord because i feel like people check there a little more regularly i did get some responses i'm gonna ignore the no's and just not mention <laughs> the people who said so my question was <laughs> are there any game consoles you would like to try to collect the full set of games for and i got like six people who are like nope and i'm like well thank you that was a good answer <laughs> <laughs> um so let's go with the ones that actually had some thoughts so qui-gon jimmy my friend and current and not current but frequent co-host james uh he said gamecube seems like the easy answer for me since i already got the grail pokemon box um nice also super nintendo if i wasn't broke from the other five thousand partial collections i've started yeah that's true that guy he collects a lot of stuff <laughs> he does he does <laughs> comics and hockey pucks he does all kinds of things <laughs> does he have pokemon box from childhood yeah so me and just fun fact me and james have been best friends since kindergarten um so at that when i bought my copy we were both really into pokemon so i told him i was like you should get this too like it's like super unique and like you can only get it from the website so he got it too and he was smart enough to hold on to his <laughs> <laughs> so um vomnik said with the way xbox and playstation make you upload the whole game to the hard drive before playing it it feels almost pointless to own games physically moving forward unless you bought more memory or were comfortable unloading games anytime you want to play a new game so his answer was he said anyway my answer would be no <laughs> okay <laughs> so he just gave me more detail on his no it's <laughs> a good point though it is it's like i just bought i should have mentioned that but i got star ocean second story mm. um and i bought it for ps5 and part of me is like, should I bought it for Switch? Because at least a lot of time on Switch, it's all on the cart a lot of times. And I love Star Ocean already, though, the second story already. Um, or I guess this is second Evolution R anyway. So anyway, I don't know. I'll find out when I put the disc in how much download there is. <laughs> um, and then now I rock a teller suit said no, because I want to own. I don't want to own filler games solely for completing a set. Very easy way to go off the rails with collecting if you don't have a real reason behind buying each game. And honestly... I get that. <laughs> the, yeah. The filler, yeah. especially like I said with sports titles, owning 10 copies of Madden, it feels pretty monotonous. I think people love watching videos of set collectors or listening to people talk about it because it's like, wow, that guy's crazy. I would never do that, but it's interesting to hear about it. <laughs> it is. It's fun. I'm, I, yeah, I like most of the YouTubers I watch are collectors. And I just like watching them go for full sets because I'm like, and, and a lot of times it makes me think like, oh, I could do that. But then I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you everyone for your responses. Even if it was just a simple no, we still, I still appreciate that you took the time <laughs> to tell me that you're not crazy like we are. Um, yeah. So any, uh, any last thoughts, any final thoughts? <laughs> It's been awesome, man. Uh, I don't know how long this was, but it really flew by. And 
I loved it. I really appreciate you having me, Chris. Yeah, no, I'm once again, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, to me, it felt like a really, uh, it was really nice that you said yes, <laughs> because you, you obviously have, you know, following out there and stuff. And to even say, say yes to somebody with, you know, such a small channel. Uh, I don't know. I appreciated it. So, but it's been a lot of fun. Like I liked picking your brain on set collecting. Um, and maybe at some point in the future, I can have you on again, if you would, if you'd like to be on again. So. Let's um, definitely talk about more collecting topics, man. Hit me up. Yeah, for sure. I could always talk about collecting. I, I'm borderline obsessed with it sometimes. <laughs> um, all right. So before we close off, why don't you uh, shout out your your channels and everything? Yeah, if you guys want to subscribe, I'm at Bird Dog Gaming on YouTube and I think if you were going to choose one social media to follow me on, it's Instagram. I post a lot of my collection on there, but it, I'm on every social media at Bird Dog Gaming. Not threads? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have threads. I don't have TikTok. I refuse to download TikTok. Dude, I, I, I did do a TikTok, and honestly, I get more traction there than I do on Instagram. <laughs> oh, that's I'm, awesome. And I'm not that interesting, so I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, just in conclusion, like, De definitely check out his channel like there's some really really good videos i personally i love well anything on variants is cool to me um it's just so interesting but i do love the videos that you do on like the history of the different franchises like you did bomberman and rayman um yeah. like i look forward to more of those videos in the future i just think those are super informative and just fun to watch so and Thanks, check out Chris. unlockable podcast too it's a great podcast and you can get it stream it anywhere right yeah, we're on YouTube and we're on everything that you can find a podcast on. Yep. So definitely check it out. So, well, thanks again for coming on here, man. I really appreciate it. Um, and then in conclusion, remember that you can uh, follow me at Xbox Gaming on Instagram, uh, Xbox Gaming One on Twitter or X or whatever they're calling it these days, TikTok. <laughs> we have a Discord if you want to join the Discord. And you should join the Bird Dog Gaming Discord too. Um, yeah, and that's it. So. Keep, uh, thank you for listening. Remember to follow and remember to always press X to continue.